It's the fourth. The fourth Buckaroo holiday, that is. A curated sound experience chock a block with diverse expressions of music. Hey, hey. Oh, ow, ow. Come on, come on. Would you back, back off. I am Sport Murphy, and I'll be your influencer for the next hour or so. Bringing a sonic palimpsest of experience. Damn. Okay, back in a minute. Hello again. I felt it necessary to explain what you just heard in a perhaps ill-advised effort to perk up the listenership of the Buckaroo Holiday Program to kind of keep the listeners we have and maybe attract a little word of mouth. Thought we needed something special. Now, I know when I was a kid and on a Sunday afternoon, I'd enjoy all these hilarious Bowery Boys shows or Abbott and Costello. Things really became much more fun as soon as they introduced a gorilla. So I thought, why not? Why not have a gorilla on Buckaroo Holiday? I know now that it was wrong or it was taken wrong and now it's all this. Well, since the incident you just heard happened, We've contacted the Diane Fossey Institute and discovered an interesting fact. Gorillas become enraged at what they consider to be pretentious buzzwords. I used several in my introduction. Certainly, I misspoke and I was taken out of context. But the buck stops here. And I apologize. I apologize to the gorilla and all gorillas. I'll go further. I apologize to all primates, including the late Diane Fossey and you, the listenership of Buckaroo Holiday. So I'm going to play something now. I I know not what. I'm just going to grab something here from my stack and throw it on. But but once I do, let's consider it a fresh start. A blank slate, a tabula rasa. (laughs) Oh no!
my buddy in the old town It's not the same, honey, when you're not around I've been spending my time in the old town I sure miss you, honey, now you're not around Now you're not around this old town Philip Linnett, from 1982, Old Town. A toast to Phil Linnett, and I'm very thankful that we had him. Now, I mentioned before that I'm not that interested in doing thematic shows, and um, I'm not. But uh, this week is Thanksgiving, and I'm really fond of Thanksgiving. There's a few reasons for that. One is the uh, Americanness of it. I don't know if you ever noticed, but I'm real, real American. And of course, there's the family uh, memories, the, the the nostalgic associations, and there's also just the idea of uh, a celebration of gratitude, a, a day to celebrate, to give thanks for the things that we often overlook, take for granted. It's an autumnal holiday, which is my favorite season. It's always a week after my birthday. It's a whole lot of reasons why I like Thanksgiving. Never cared for turkey. I'll tell you about that a little later, but I am going to touch on some Thanksgiving themes during the show. I think one of the reasons for that is I'm grateful to those of you who keep returning to this thing. We've had a, a drop from show to show, a significant drop in listenership each time. I think people check it out and they either find the songs bizarre and unfamiliar, or they just think I'm a dick. But uh, those of you who do enjoy it, this one's for you. I'll mention these Thanksgiving specialties as we go, but the the whole show is kind of a gesture of thanks, and I think I'm going to go long. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You can always stop it whenever you get sick of it, listen to it later. I don't know. I'm going long. I don't care. When I feel like stopping, I'll stop. That's all. Furthermore, I might take a few more risks. Um, there's some stuff that is a little bit longer than I would normally play. I'm going to play it. There's some stuff that's a little more unapproachable. Like my beloved Charles Ives. I'm going to play it. Those who are not turned on, who tune out, who drop out. We all know in our hearts that these are stupid people. Stupid and bad people. Stupid, bad, and dangerous people. People we should shun. And so setting those people aside, let's get into the show proper. 
any Thanksgiving show should start with where Thanksgiving started. And we'll do so with the Native American saxophonist Jim Pepper, member of the Kaw Nation. He learned a chant from his grandfather and turned it into this song in 1969, which he titled, Witchy Taito. degrees in New York at 4.31. It'll be quando, quando, quando come Saturday morning, but become partly sunny by afternoon, and what a difference a day makes. Smile, a little smile for me.
girl, I need you here right now So baby, feel cool, cause you're real cool No, 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 yet to do, I said around you go You got to feel cool, cause you're real cool session and then next week you'll begin your skills training while you work here in the store mr davis is there anything i should do or study before i go to orientation not a thing tony your orientation session will explain a lot of the things you need to know before you work in the store and you'll learn all about your job from our star system training programs star system right star system yes Kentucky Fried Chicken uses its own star system to train employees how to do their jobs. But what's the star system part? Well, we call it a star system because I rate you on how well you do it. Sounds easy enough. Right. But how do you know what parts to use first? And where can you find these parts? Well, most of the parts are kept together right here in this cabinet. It's called star system cabinet. Didn't you say something about Star Trek? Star system Oh, yes. What's the star system? Well, as I said, the word star... All right, but how does it fit into the system? Wait a minute. Here, let me show you. Close the door. Down here. Wow, that's pretty good. Where does it go? Down here. Yes, yes. Next step, KFC star. An all-star. That's your goal. <laughs> what the heck was that?
You never know what kind of craziness, what kind of puerile fun is going to commence here during a buckaroo holiday. Beside that adulterated Kentucky Fried Chicken training tape, you heard British Soul Man, Jimmy Powell, 1968. Real cool, very oddball kind of record. And again at the top, before that, Jim Pepper recording under the band name Everything Is Everything with Witchy Taito. expressed intentions are in violation of section 602J of the Penal Code, State of California. Now we've got a copy. Would you like to read it?
couple of pieces of music there that are, again, autumnal to my ears. The first one was The Indifferent Hedgehog by the band Stackridge, a British band. They recorded that one in 1973. George Martin produced the album Man in the Bowler Hat, from which that came. And I, I think I wanted to evoke the world of the Pilgrims by selecting that one. When they arrived on the rocky shores of New England, which was, of course, a natural place for them to arrive at, having come from the old England. The pilgrims were hungry, very hungry. And the Native Americans, being the menches that they are, provided them with eats. What they couldn't provide them with was the eats they were accustomed to back in Blighty, namely hedgehog. This was a delicacy back in their native land. The Indians, hearing the description of, of this delicacy, decided that the only meat available to them, as disgusting as the hedgehog, would be the turkey. And they provided these to the pilgrims. With this in mind, maybe we can draw some added poignancy from Stackridge's treatment of the subject. The mood of the song suggested to me another recording that I enjoy by Keith Jarrett, which was the next one I played, Introduction and Yaqui Indian Folk Song. Of course, you heard Jack Webb in between the two, and he'll be back later to have a few more words with you. But anyway, Keith Jarrett and Yaqui Indian Folk Song. Jarrett recorded this song in 1974. Well, it was released in 1974 anyway. And uh, personal significance to me is that um, a lot of times I'm drawn to music by intuition based on things that have nothing to do with music itself. Keith Jarrett, I just heard the name at some point, and it sounded to me, I got some kind of a vibe. And I said, this guy's going to make music I like. So I bought a couple of his records, and I did like it. It was my kind of gateway drug to jazz really drew me in and which led in turn to a whole world of music. A similar intuition is what drew me to Aaron Copeland. There was a feeling that I wanted from music. I knew I'd know it when I heard it. And I listened to a lot of stuff kind of in search of it. And when I heard the name Aaron Copeland described in a Frank Zappa book called No Commercial Potential, just the name alone told me that I think this is the guy. I don't know why. So I picked up a copy of Appalachian Spring and uh, bingo, that was exactly it. Blew my mind. This led eventually to listening to Aaron Copeland's friend, uh, Carlos Chavez, Mexican composer, who was a great influence on him and wrote a uh, second symphony in 1935, which used a lot of native instruments and melodies, one of which was reborrowed, borrowed again by Keith Jarrett for that piece, Yaqui Indian Folk Song. So as influential as Chavez was on Copland, Copland was, of course, influential on any number of composers working in classical music as well as movie scoring and Broadway and really pop music everywhere. His influence was inescapable and salubrious, I may add. One person who bears an obvious influence is the American symphonic composer Peggy Stewart Coolidge, who uh, composed a great number of works and was highly successful and respected, but is very poorly represented by recordings. This piece from 1971, New England Autumn, it's a little lengthy, but I'm just going to play uh, this one movement. It's the second movement, and it's called County Fair.
I hope you're glad you listened through to that one. I think her music, uh, I don't know whether it was because she was female or because her music was too accessible, too light, not serious enough. She doesn't get the attention she deserves, I think, but she gets it from me. There's one thing about that piece that always nagged at me, that jaunty melody in the middle of it, that... I kept saying, why is that so familiar to me? Then one day it struck me. Ah, Mr. Softy. Well, it's not the same melody, but it's pretty similar. That jingle... Which, by the way, has words. Listen. It was written for Mr. Softy by a guy named Lester Waz. That music is called Jingle and Chimes, appropriately enough. And Lester based it on a very popular song from 1905 called The Whistler and His Dog by Arthur Pryor. who was a trombonist and composer, played with the Sousa band, then led his own band, and wrote many compositions, including that once ubiquitous favorite. Ain't it fascinating? Hmm. And now you're frustrated. Well, pal, join the club. But while you're sitting there on your bottom, sucking on a drink, try to remember why you signed on in the first place. set out for you I know you think that it ain't too far but I I hear a call of a lifetime ring felt the need to get up for it oh you cut out the middle man can be from the middle man you got no time for the messenger got no regard for the thing that you don't understand you got no fear of the other dog that's why you will not survive I wanna forget how convention fits mm, But can I get out from under it? Can I cut it out of me? It can't all be wet and cake It can't all be boiled away I try but I can't let go of it Can't let go of it uh -huh. Cause you don't talk to the water boy And there's so much you could learn But you don't wanna know You will not back up an inch ever That's why you will not survive
tell you now It may not go over well On oh, it may not be for the while No way that I spell it out But you won't hear from the messenger Though I don't know about something that you don't understand You got no fear of the underdog That's why you will not survive Pacific Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe Roy Khan, Juan Peron, Tuscanini, Dacron, Dien Bien Phu, falls rock around the clock JFK, blown away, JFK, blown away And that was Ode to Billy Joel. <laughs> Isn't it about time you grew up? Hey, Jack, lighten up. All right. Just trying to have a little fun here. Well, before you heard that hilarious mashup, <laughs> oh, boy, we heard The Underdog by a band called Spoon, which I've included here as my tribute to The Underdog Balloon in the old Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. A yearly tradition, along with well, Laurel and Hardy's uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers, or Babes in Toyland, if you prefer. Those were the things I looked forward to every year. They were the hallmarks of Thanksgiving, along with the smells around the house. And like I told you, I didn't like turkey, but I loved everything that came with it. My mother's cooking would permeate the place. I can still smell it. Well, I wish I could. But I hated the turkey, and Mom knew I hated the turkey. My mom was uh, nothing if not thoughtful. And so every year she made me eggplant parmesan. Now, I have friends who are, who are certified Italians. Uh, I, I can prove it. You know, I have the paperwork, I have expert testimony, whatever you need. And they say it's the best eggplant parmesan they've ever had. And I sure miss it. And I sure miss Mom. for applause, no, you should have been an actor. If it's money you're after, truck drivers make more. But now you think about it.
songs I'm sending out to my mom. It hurts to be alone, because it does, and oh how happy you have made me, which she did. The first song was by the Wailers, long before they were called Bob Marley and the Wailers. That was Junior Braithwaite singing and writing that one, around about 1964 or 65. And uh, in that same general time frame, actually more like 1966, But you know, 65 and 66, those were the years for me, I I don't know. Oh How Happy by Shades of Blue. That was one of the records I call the Sacred Stack. My brother's records that I used to listen to as a kid, and that one, I don't know, it's it's a magical record for me, it always lifts me. Something new is in store for you. Something Something to make you say. This is what you've been waiting for. So with these parental memories in mind, that seems a good opportunity to introduce to the program a new section I'd like to call Make It So. We get a lot of requests from people. They, They ask for certain, I don't know, wishes granted. Musical wishes, mostly. And I have one here that seems a good enough way to start off our new feature. This one comes all the way from England, the UK, Great Britain. It's from a Miles Hunt. He says, hey mate, (laughs) English, the people, Um, we here in the UK really love going on holiday, buckaroo style. We love to listen to it as we forage for hedgehogs for our festive meals. See, that's what I was talking about before. I hear you're having a new feature, and I wouldn't mind getting in on it. As you know, I've been in and around the music business for a long time. 
and I have a great deal of respect for Tony Hadley of Spandau Ballet, but every once in a while, I find his singing to be a little, shall we say, simpering. I'd like to hear Spandau Ballet with a little more angst, a little more brio, the kind of brio your American singer Eddie Vedder brought so smashingly to Pearl Jam. I love, I love the way they put things. Um, so just a few months, we, we arranged something here, and uh, I think you're going to like it. Eddie Vedder, man, he's really Canadian, isn't he? He's not one of ours, is he? gorilla and now this what a mess you want a soft answer to a hard question now you fight that up with yourself but i'll give you this much Tropical, adeus Brigitte Bardot O champanhe me fez mal Caviar já me enjoou Simonal estava certo Na razão do patrão Pi Eu também que sou esperto Vou viver no Piauí
Minha terra tem chacrinha Que é louco como ninguém Tem juca, tem teixeirinha Tem dona Hebe também Tem maçã, laranja e figo Banana, quem não comeu Manga não, manga é o perigo Quem provou quase morreu <risos> Mudo meu ponto de vista, mudando de profissão Pois a moda agora é artista, ser júri em televisão Tomar banho só de cuia, comer jaca todo mês Aleluia, aleluia, vou morrer na BR-3 Rosie by Don Partridge, 
Don Partridge came to my attention from an offhand reference Vivian Stanchel made on a Bonzo Dog Band bootleg, where he referenced Don Partridge in a pear tree. Curious as to who this was, I checked him out. Turns out he was a busker who uh, had a big hit with that song, Rosie, in 1968. He was very famous for a short time. Had a huge uh, concert in which he hired the Royal Albert Hall and brought all his busker friends on stage to perform. One of them turned out to be Dave Brock of Hawkwind. But that song, Rosie, when I first heard it, I enjoyed it. As you can hear, he's playing the, the one-man band shtick with the drums and the cymbals and kazoo. I immediately thought of I'm the Urban Spaceman by the Bonzo Dog Band which I recall Neil Innes performing on stage in 1976 here in New York in the same, with the same setup, the, the busker outfit. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if that record was the model for Neil Innes's song, I'm the Urban Spaceman. And first up, we heard Take Me Back to Piaui by Juca Chavez. Now, I'm certain that I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm certain because... Mr. Chavez is from Brazil. In Brazil, they speak Portuguese. This Portuguese tongue, it's, it's, it's a trickster tongue. It's, it's designed to confound New Yorkers and other non-Portuguese speakers. Not that there aren't Portuguese New Yorkers. Don't get up my ass about this. I know some of them. Anyway, different letters become different. They just, you can't, you know... Oh, God, a, a C is a G and an S is a Q and a, I, I did you can't keep up with it. The thing is, if you go to Portugal, or Brazil, I guess, if you go to Brazil for the coffee, you go to Portugal for the sardines, you know, uh, what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna, to, like, pronounce these things incorrectly? Uh, does it matter? Jury's out. I don't even have an opinion. They do make incredible ham, though. And long before absinthe became available regularly, I could get it from Portugal, and I did. So, hey, nothing against, you know... I'm sure some of them are very good people. But the record, Take Me Back to Piaui, from the early 70s. Might be just about 1970, I think. Chavez was a comedian, a satirist, critic of the Brazilian regime. Um, very popular entertainer. And uh, Piaui is a very poor section of Brazil. And the lyrics to that are apparently fairly satirical from what I could get from an online translation. But I just love the sound of it, the, especially the opening. Man, it just kills, I think.
Okay, boomers. Hope some of you could relate to that one. We're at the regular uh, time of the show where I would normally start saying goodbye, but I did tell you I was going long today. I wanted to pack a lot of music into this one. I felt like last episode I was a little shortchanged by my own yapping and my own shtick. All sorts of things I wanted to play didn't get in, so uh, I'm going to play a few more. I don't know how long we're going to go, but we'll we'll maybe put a sort of a, a mark point here where the show would normally end, and then we'll have the bonus thing for like the really intrepid, you know, those of you who really want to really want to stay with it, if any. But don't let me neglect the recap. You heard uh, first there, Super Sister. This is a Dutch prog band led by a great artist named R.J. Stips who also played in Golden Earring, played in the great band The Knits for a while, did some wonderful solo stuff, real prolific, talented guy. And his band Super Sister recorded a bunch of albums in the early 70s. That's from the first one, Present from Nancy, Introduction. Then you heard a band called Simon Dupre and the Big Sound. There was a big sound, but there was no Simon Dupre. That was the Schulman brothers who would go on after that to form the band Gentile, G- Gentle Giant, one of the more interesting prog bands of the 70s, I think. They uh, took a lot of chances, made a lot of great records. But that record, Daytime, Nighttime, was also recorded by Manfred Mann, 
I think under a different title. I think it was called Each and Every Day on their recording, but it, their, their record it pales in comparison to that version, which I think is from 68 or 69, shortly before the Shulman brothers gave up that sound and went into the significantly more adventurous Gentle Giant sound. No, I'm not going to give you a lecture. I don't have the time. I'm just going to lay it out for you straight. Now you listen to me. Well, that old clock on the wall tells me it's time to wrap up another Buckaroo holiday. Those of you who have been paying attention, don't worry. You know this is bullshit. Shh. The time just seems to fly by when we're together. The bad people, the boring people, they're going to be leaving now, just you and me. Stick with me. I'll be back with more fun, more music in a couple of weeks. More like, more like a couple of seconds. <laughs> For now, so long. Welcome back. Welcome to the bonus section of Buckaroo Holiday. That's right, bonus section. Just between me and you and the lamppost. How do we do it? A little something I call shart power. Shart power! Now we've been rapping on and on about doing our own thing. Well, that's my own thing. Keeping the faith, baby. And you kept the faith. You came back. You stayed with us. And I'm going to reward you with some... Well, I'm going to play a couple of songs. Okay? Here.
2012 Capital Cities with Kangaroo Court. Just like on our first show when I played a record called Honeybee by Steam Power Giraffe, this is a song that I became aware of on road trips. Lily and Adriana were playing this song in the car, and I dug it. Whenever I play recent-ish songs, just as with Honeybee, I wonder, is this perceived as uncool for somebody my age to play this? Then I wonder, ain't it ridiculous for somebody my age to worry about whether something's uncool or not? And before that, you heard a record by Mad Cliff from 1977, Takes a Little Time. This was pretty much the work of a guy named Chris Hills. And oddly enough, and it hadn't occurred to me until now, that one of his previous gigs was he played with Everything is Everything, the band that started our Thanksgiving buckaroo holiday with that song Witchy Taito. So uh, what goes around comes around, and maybe really, you know, everything really is everything. Man. Pula bau quem quer eu não. Pula bau quem quer irmão. Pula bau quem quer eu não. Pula bau quem quer irmão. Se tem homem não tem mulher. Se tem mulher homem tem montão. Se tem homem não tem mulher. É por isso que eu não vou lá, porque Pula mal quem quer eu não Pula mal quem quer irmão Pula mal quem quer eu não Pula mal quem quer irmão Pois é só você chegar e perguntar como é que é Toda gente lhe responde, muito homem e pouca mulher É por isso que eu não vou lá, porque Pula mal quem quer eu não
Just as I threatened, that was Charles Ives. That's the Thanksgiving movement from his violin sonata number five. It's also a reduction of a section of his holidays symphony, the Thanksgiving movement, which is one of my favorite all-time pieces of music. But I think it might be a little bit much to inflict on listeners here. Much more um, easy to swallow that section presented like this. The pianist on that was John Kirkpatrick, who was one of the crucial figures in Ives' popularization. Worked closely with the older Ives to uh, organize some of his works for performance and uh, premiered many of his pieces. And then before that, you heard Monsueto's Pulabao, which was written by the samba artist Jorge Ben, or Beige, or her first name Jorge might not even be Jorge, because like I said, it, you know, Portuguese, they go figure. But um, while I was busy doing something else over here, putting this show together for you, I got an emergency phone call, somebody demanding more samba. So I had to provide that for you, and I hope you enjoy it. 1962. You never had it so good. Good, 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 good news for you. This is for you. Be satisfied. I'm guessing you're satisfied by now. I am. I appreciate you hanging around for this little extra, this codicil, this addendum to the Buckaroo holiday. But I think it's about time to wrap it up. Mm. The next song I have in mind goes on a little bit. So rather than letting you sit there filled with anxiety, how much longer, how much longer, I can assure you that after the next few minutes of Taj Mahal, this will be done with. I saw Taj Mahal on a PBS show called Soundstage, I think it was, when I was a teenager, and he played this song, Shady Grove, and it blew me away. I loved the performance. And I went out searching for it and couldn't find it on any of his records. But in the course of it, I discovered his work, which is wonderful. All this uh, Mo Roots and Happy to Be Just Like I Am. Just this great, eclectic, heartfelt music. And then finally, many years later, this recording turned up. I was thrilled. Every bit as good as I had remembered. And I hope you agree, and I'll leave you with it. I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate it, and a happy whatever it is you celebrate it if you don't celebrate that. As I've mentioned, the listenership of this thing has dropped by about half with every podcast. I don't know how that's going to head. I mean, the, we'll see how it goes with this one. I intend to keep doing this. I enjoy it. It may be better to do it occasionally, or um, I don't know. I, I may rethink. So we'll see how, how this week goes as far as listeners. And for now, I give thanks for you spending your time with me. Hey Taj, hit it.
Let me say for the record, the county of Los Angeles is spending over a million dollars a month just handling kids who use and sell dope. Now, who's the victim? We are. All of us.